When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to CHGO Red Stars podcast presented to you by Points Bet. Download the Points Bet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your two bets risk free up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, wants help, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral of referral services. CHGO Red Stars, the podcast where we talk about all things Chicago Red Stars, and we do mean all things. Um, there's been a lot going on across the league, NWSL, and uh, with the Red Stars specifically, and we got to talk about it, and we're going to do that today. So it's, uh, it's me, your girl, Sandra Herrera, joined as always by our friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka Scam Originator, Claire. We've been fielding this question a lot this last week. How are you? Uh, well, I mean, I guess today we've upgraded from like a bad like, to a don't know. Yeah, right. There are definitely some moments where I was like, I'm completely miserable right yeah. now, but also not as miserable as some other days during the week. So there's just, uh, there's been a lot of checking in um, this week because if people need to get um, caught up on Monday, uh, the U S soccer federation um, made public and released the full report and findings of the commissioned Sally Q Yates investigation into um, abuse across women's professional soccer and it was a very hefty report, and it was the entire 300-plus pages worth of investigation report findings and recommendations. Um, it was a very large scoping, uh, large scope investigation, and the report centered in around three specific clubs, though Yates has um, reiterated 
and includes a recommendation within that that there's uh, concerns for youth soccer as well and um, that this is where they narrowed their the, the report against um, as these were primarily um, the three franchises uh, that were mostly making headlines in 2021. So the, this full report was released after we went through a 2021 where there was extensive reporting on various stories of sexual harassment and uh, allegations uh, across uh, the league. And uh, U.S. Soccer went ahead and commissioned Sally Yates. And now we have that full report. I guess we just start at the top there. Um, first reactions when you when you saw it, buddy? I wanted to throw up. Yeah, terrible. Uh, sick. Um, I, th I mean, you know, I think another refrain this week uh, has been that I think people are still getting through the whole thing. Um, not just because it's very long, but also because it's like every sentence is the worst thing you've ever read in your entire life. And uh, it takes some time to get through and process that. And you maybe have the stomach for one section and then you just kind of have to like take a walk and um, come back to it. Uh, I, I mean, I think emotionally and this is another thing that I think players have indicated this week as well. And I, I know that I feel this way is um, it makes it feel like it's happening again, you know, mm -hmm. to, to read through it. Um, it. It makes it feel very present again. And uh, you're kind of right back in this moment from last year, except in more detail. And um and so that part's been, been hard. Uh, and, but, you know, in other ways, I think we, everybody placed a lot of faith in these investigations, right? Placed a lot of faith in the Yates investigation, further faith in the league and players association joint investigation. And I know there were fears that we expressed them actually last week, right? Fears that there would be punches pulled yep. and, there is relief in a way of reading through the report and seeing that that is not the case while also understanding that I, th <laughs> the players association has indicated there's more and I believe them. I think that when yeah. Yates said at some point, I just had to stop. Otherwise I'd be doing this for the rest of my life. She meant that. Yeah. That, um, was, a, that was a real ass response to an yeah. important question. Mm -hmm. um, and then past that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. What's your, what, what's your take, Sandra? Fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like, can't imagine how, um, players who a went through that and B, uh, have continued to sort of go through everything over the last year can feel like I keep kind of bringing myself back to that. Like if I feel terrible and gross, you know, and have days that have highs and lows. How do some of these players feel? How do some of the the victims, you know, feel specifically? Um, yeah, again, we I, I don't think we want to. We're not interested in coming on here and and rehashing and and going through 
um, a timeline of events for everything for a number of reasons um, because of the constant content warnings that we would probably have to put on this episode. Um, number one. And then number two, um, it's, it's made public. Um, we even, you know, we've encouraged people to read that if that's something that they could stomach. Um, as Claire said, take your time with it. Um, the reports out of the athletic uh, Washington post um and others are still out there um, and accessible. Um, people can also read those to get additional context. Um, but there's something about this within going through this this report for um, you know job purposes. Um, even knowing that it was like you said going to reopen things. Um, there are new and expanded um, details within this report that are just, quite frankly, um, enraging um, and ultimately exposing um, the amount, the level to which I know I feel, I can't speak for you, but the level to which I feel like I have been gatlet, like gaslit this entire time trying to cover this team over the course of certain years is free for all. Like I'm, I'm, I've burnt to a crisp. I'm like a walking kebab. Um, and it's uh it's a sentiment I think that is shared quite frankly, because what we've seen in terms of the reaction, like post reaction to all this stuff, um, is plenty of other people uh, in, in more important places reacting to that um, as well. I mean, it's, I think people were in this phase right now where many people are looking at and wondering, okay, well, what's that next step of like responsible accountability? Like, what does that look like? And it still feels terrible because there's nothing in place. <laughs> there's nothing in place to hold people accountable. Uh, there was nothing in place and, you know, uh, nothing existed to protect the players. So there's nothing that exists to dismiss <laughs> or remove um, perpetrators of said abuse. Um, so there's a lot of things and feelings that I felt not just in this moment, but I felt last year. Um, I feel again now in this present moment and that I'll probably feel, you know, when the joint investigation comes out between the players union and the league. Um, and then therefore probably be upset further into who beyond, you know, I don't want to, you know, um, dictate or pre predetermined stressors, but I can't imagine that, this is done and dusted by any means, nor, nor should that be the appropriate, then that's not an appropriate mindset to have around it. Like, Hey, now that there's a report that has dropped, let's just, you know, look ahead and keep it moving. Like, no, there's like things that have to come out um, after this. So within this report specifically, yes, it highlights um, and revisits a lot of the uh, very terrible things that happened uh, within the Portland Thorns uh franchise it introduces 
and sh sheds new light on things within the Racing Louisville FC franchise. And it re um, it, it revisits and reopens all of the things with you know during Rory Dame's times with the Chicago Red Stars, and that in particular feels I think most jarring for a number of reasons. One, it's because here we are doing a ridiculous <laughs> podcast about the Red Stars, and two, um, it's the tenure of it all. You know, you're talking about a Portland Thorns franchise that's revisiting a certain part of their history. And some of the reaction out of that is, I mean, we saw their head coach, Ryan Wilkinson, a former Canadian international current head coach of that team, someone who had played with that franchise for some time, come out with a statement and feels that her coaching staff, her team, her players, that things are trending in the right direction. They want to keep that going despite this very specific moment in time for Portland. And you have racing Louisville coming out with statements. And although there hasn't been a ton of accountability there just yet, referring to a very specific time in their franchise. And it's a very young franchise. It's only two years old. And then you have the Chicago red stars portion of this. A franchise that has existed beyond the NWSL that had Rory Dames as its head coach and general manager since beyond its NWSL existence. They are the one franchise in this report where you have multi-year complaints. Almost, multi -year. Ten, almost 10 years of complaints. We're it? talking about a near decade. Yeah. Appalling. It's appalling. So Claire and I went back and forth a little bit. How do we come on here and, you know, talk about this? I don't know if there is a way to actually talk about it other than reaction, like honest reaction and, and how we process things and sadness, like quite frankly, a complete sadness around it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... Well said. Um, you know, I went back actually last night. I, um, cause just sort of, it's been hard. It's, you know, in the day today, you're like, I am trying to remember last year. I'm trying to remember, you know, everything that's happened. And I actually went back to the, the episode of Meg Linehan's podcast that I recorded with her the day after the Washington post, uh, a article on Rory Danes came mm -hmm. out and um, the first Washington post article, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to go back. And I was just like, I I've told people this, like, I think that everything was a little, a, like a year ago, it felt kind of overwhelming in a way of like being very confusing in a way that I think mm -hmm. is hopefully no longer the case. Like I can speak for myself as no longer the case. Um, and then that conversation talking about just the, like you said, the, the constant struggle of having no idea if a single thing you're ever told by the club is true. Uh, yeah. whether it's from the coaching staff or ownership or comms or anything like just genuinely having no idea. Um, 
what ways you're being used as a mouthpiece for things that are not true. You think about like a year ago, it was clear, right? That there ultimately needed to be other changes at Chicago. And like I said, um, there was a lot of faith placed in these investigations to bring that to light. Cause ultimately that is what will do. That is the investigations being done internally. Um, and then in the off season that, uh, message from the club that Arnhem had stepped back, you know, he was very sorry. And he had stepped back. Vicki Lynch, um, told reporters that and told the supporters group that in, I assume an attempt to like retain their money. And then this report comes out and we get the exact same message. We get the, Oh, well now, now Arnhem Whistler is going to step back from full operational activities. And then a day later we got no, 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 really actually, really he's going to no longer be on the board. This is after the second, statement this is after the statement on monday we get a second statement being like well when he said that what he meant was he was going to stay on as chairman of the board and but actually he's not yeah and i think that just kind of like sums it up right it's yeah i think it's also just a, a very i think it's also perhaps just a very uh small window into um, how the franchise, the inner workings of how the franchise is trying to um, navigate and deal with this as well. Uh, again, I say very small because uh, let's be frank, ever since November of 2021, there has been um, very little to zero effective you know, communication or transparency uh, by the club to the public, whether it's public facing media or to their uh, supporters. Um, maybe we should lean into that uh, a little bit, perhaps, because it includes them as well, because we're talking, we're seeing reaction from supporters groups of the Chicago Red Stars, including um, one of the biggest and, and, and main and, and longest standing supporters groups of, of the Red Stars in Chicago, Local 134, um, they too were, you know, uh, in a feeling of being gaslit um, and, you know, feeling like um, they were being one told, thing, told one thing and then obviously other things were, were happening and occurring otherwise. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, uh, non-public non facing the, those apparently though according to the supporters group those were conversations that took place uh privately with with ownership with with arnim whistler and chief uh, off, uh business officer becky lynch um that all of that was private that it was you know meant to be behind closed doors um those reassurances that they were being given were ultimately you know for it sort of just comes across now as if a little bit of like, you know, hush, hush. It's like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're going to tell you that we're doing and that we're working on um, so that you continue to retain a presence at these games. And again, that's just more appalling behavior, quite frankly, um, by the franchise. I don't want to put words in, in the, any supporter group's mouths, but I mean, Local 134 released a statement um, 
t- like headline Arnhem Whistler new. Uh, it states as follows, uh, the report released by Sally Yates and U.S. Soccer Federation unequivocally proves that Arnhem Whistler is unfit to continue in his current role as majority owner of the Chicago Red Stars organization. We find the reported details of Whistler's conduct, especially his dismissal of player complaints about the conduct of former general manager slash head coach Rory Dames, completely unacceptable and irredeemably harmful to not only the players, but the club as a whole. In addition, many of the details in the report regarding Whistler directly contradict what he has told us as a group regarding knowledge of James's abuse. As such, Local 134 has lost all trust in Whistler's ability to provide a safe workplace for players and front office staff. We believe and support the players and staff who have bravely shared their stories of neglect and abuse from the club and its owner. Until Arnhem divests from the Chicago Red Stars, Local 134 will be boycotting all in-person events, including attendance at home games, merchandise purchases, and other Red Stars events that directly or indirectly benefit Arnhem Whistler. We recommend those who have renewed. We re- recommend that those who have renewed their 2023 tickets demand a full refund. Uh, they close, stating, "We stand behind the Red Stars players and staff, past." and present who were the subject of this abuse and who continue to fight against the enabled abuse and racism that the club has allowed. We also stand with youth players past and present of Eclipse who were taken advantage of and treated as no person deserves to be treated. Support the players. Consider donating the cost of a ticket to the NWSL Players Association and or Black Women's Player Collective instead of financially supporting abusers. End quote. Um, yeah, pretty direct and clear statement, um, from the supporters group who, you know, ahead of 2021, were saying that they were going to constantly be, you know, evaluating their relationship to the club. Um, so with those statements that you just mentioned from, from the franchise, how there was one direct statement from Arnhem Worcester saying that he was going to remove himself from the board of governors and then. Chicago Red Stars board of directors said, actually, we're removing you from chairman as chairman. Um, there was nothing within that statement from Chicago's board of directors that that really indicated um, a disinvestment. But like I was saying earlier, there's unfortunately not a lot of um, protocols in these type of events like how, what can this board of directors make happen for the Chicago Red Stars moving forward? And this might be one of, or possibly the only like very direct things that they could do at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I like, I don't want to just like allude to shit. So like, yeah, of course. Um, Arnhem Whistler for over a decade enabled Rory Dames and his power over the Red Stars staff and players. Uh, he fielded years and years of complaints from both staff and players themselves. He ran an organization um, that Yates uh, constantly called a, a toxic workplace um, for both players and staff. Uh he did not meet because there were no standards. He did not rise to meet any 
for the years that he was the steward of this club. Uh, and it took re- reporting and the investigation um, for those things to be made clear because ultimately the club, whether genuinely or just to save face, um, lied for a long time. Um, some of which are like, they can't even keep up with those lies. Like, like the Arnhem Whistler operational, uh, operational active, like day-to-day activities. There's no knowledge of what they even said last year in that new statement. Um, the fact that he told multiple reporters that he got feedback from players that they wanted to keep dames through the end of last year despite the fact that internally a sports psychologist had said that 70%, including multiple starters, uh, exhibited experiences of abuse and had complained about the abuse. How do you um, go How do you go from the results of that and following whatever weird path that you're on and you say that? You say, no, 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 the players wanted to finish this season like this. Well, that's always, but that's always been what, that's always been the MO. That has 100% has been the way the club handles things, which is they, uh, under the guise of protecting players or standing up for their players, they speak for them. And they, I mean, you know, we know this, Sandra, we, Going back to 2020 Challenge Cup, 2021, trying to talk to Dames himself, push him on his own conduct, and, like, just everything from the club being, like, everything's fine, everything's fine, and continuing to try to cover the players and cover the games, and... I just think that at this element, it's just, this is, and this is again, it's like why this absolutely just cannot continue. And you talk about needing to clean house. I'm like anybody who has been caught in those kinds of lies in the last three years. I don't know why we believe that they are going to stop. Yeah. Clearly decided that that is more important than transparency and accountability. Yeah, it was, um, you know, like even with this most recent statement from, you know, the Red Stars board of directors, you know, what, watching the reaction from like what or what was watching out for what was going to be, you know, reaction or statement from the club, uh, which we've gotten to over the over those first 48 hours uh, of the Yates report being dropped and i mean i i remember that first statement from whistler specifically and you and i reacting to that immediately you know in terms of being like your that whistler's intention was was to to step back and remove his place from the nwsl board of governors and you and i remembering that media had already been told that whistler had taken a step back and that you know, perhaps the argument from this club was going to be like, well, that was day to day. This is league governance. And then 
you know, it's like what's what's different between a step back and a step back and then another step back. And then you've got about what, 12 to 18 hours later, the board of directors making an additional statement saying, no, actually, he's going to be removed from Chicago Red Stars uh, governance. Like he's no longer going to be chairman of the board. And we're going to transition this. So um, they want to move to codify. That was the the, the verbiage that they used um, in that statement. Um, you know, following up on that with with Chicago Red Stars Com, because there was a number of things that I wanted to follow up on. You know, like it's not in hiding. We talked a little bit about that. You see, you can go to the Chicago Red, Red Stars website and and see the list of the board of, of directors of the Red Stars. Now they're not listed as a board of directors. They're listed as something completely different. It's like board of managers and associate co-chairs. Um, and at the time, Arnold Whistler was listed amongst those, uh, those names. But as of now, if you go visit that now, there's only uh, six names uh, on, on that, that board of governors. Um, and one of those um, well, five of those are, you know, new investors who came into this franchise in 2021. Like they just got here. They just got here. And then one of those um, is a investor with the Chicago Red Stars since uh, 2007. So the founding of, of this organization. Um, so now there's six, right? So um getting clarity on that just you know following up with comp, Chicago Red Stars comms and saying like hey is the you know board of directors the same as the board of managers and advisory board that's actually listed on the website and it was like yes but that in itself is also like incredibly annoying like if that's your board of directors call it the board of directors on your website why are you naming a thing a different thing? It's like I. It's like at this point, can anybody keep? Why? Up why do you? Like I just don't understand. Why like, do you start hurt players and don't put them on the availability report? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? You know, why? You know, it's all just this double speak. Like even again, yeah. that board of directors statement. I think what they did was right. Think what they did was right. There's two statements within that, though. One is that codifying of, of his lack of um, involvement. I don't know what that means. And then secondly, the, that statement to, to the Sun-Times about they're um, hoping to facilitate a sale. Don't know what that means yeah. either. Um, yeah. I'm also hoping to facilitate a sale of the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what I can't make it happen. Uh, and so I'm just like... It's just frustration upon frustration upon frustration. And I think ultimately, again, it's, I don't see anything from this last week that really makes me think that anything has changed other than the coach on the, on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just interesting how, like we're we're thinking of probably one of the first and quite frankly last times that we ever 
had any media availability with uh, CBO Lynch, um, Associate General yeah. Manager Michelle Walmnicki. Um, yeah, the first and last time we they, they spoke to the media in a, in a sort of public setting, it was virtual, uh, was in February, first and last time. Um, be it by design or otherwise, that's that's a fact. The fact is there's there hasn't been a public media-facing availability um, with, with people who were tasked, apparently, with the day-to-day operations of the Chicago Red Stars in 2022 specifically. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like uh, from this club moving forward. Um, is there going to be a continued theme of, um, you know, hiding essentially, um, not making themselves available? Um, you know, is that continued, uh, very damaging theme of handling things in house still going to be the way, uh, and the process, you know? And, it also gets into, you know, there's this this line of talking, you know, walking this line of what's like the best way to put this? This is not why. The reason why behind this should be because you are a moral person who wants to do right, not only as a employer, but as like, you know, a person who cares about other people, but it's, this is not sustainable. Like it goes, you and I've had this conversation so many times, right? Why is nobody coming to Bridgeview? We talked about at the beginning of the season, we talked about going to that Mexico game at soldier field and um, the disconnect between the red stars and the largest soccer fan base in the city and you can talk about location and marketing and whatever but the allegations of racism oh my god the behind the scenes of this club are atrocious and those kinds of things manifest in day-to-day operations and so it it, it comes from it, it it comes from like every point and that amount like that again it's that it's that um it's that intersection of incompetence and actual malice intentional or unintentional that creates this situation and puts this team in this spiral um we're not going to act like anybody was really covering this team this year right and it's because of the way that they don't have an infrastructure for media. They do not make themselves or, or you know, they, they do not do a good job of fielding difficult questions. And that has caused a greater disconnect between larger media, like the newspapers, let's say that, and the team. And then again, you know, you get this messaging of just like, we're doing our best with what we have and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, first of all, the reason why that is true comes from the head of your team. And also 
when you get the backstory of it, of no, actually, there was also just serious issues of misogyny and racism behind the scenes as well. As we know, those play out in action. And I think you can just see it all around the club. And I think that's, I think, what I don't know is when is it enough to, like, at what point do these Chicago Red Stars, what do you do? You whittle it down to a name and a logo and then start over? Like, how do you eradicate that? And Alana Cook said this this week, emphasis stages of even getting close. And so I fear that what actually happens next is we find out what people have deemed acceptable instead. And I need, I want the ship to stay afloat. I want there to be a soccer team in Chicago. I want there to be an end of USL team in Chicago. I'm not going to pretend like I don't. I want there to be a league in this country. I want players to feel safe to play in it. But there is still so much work to do. Oh, my God. Feels it, it feels it feels like just the mountain is like very, very, very yeah. unscalable right now. Like, so not only are we at like the foot of it, it just feels like unscalable. Yeah. Right now. And I think that is what is like most daunting about it. Um I think there's always hope, right? Like there's always hope, you know, but what's the saying? It's the hope that kills you, right? And there's just like I think a little bit of that mixed bag um right now. Um the only way forward is is like eventually having to to start at, at some point. And I think that is sort of where we're at, like right now. I think many of us in the space, whether you find yourself as a fan or a supporter or a member of the media, uh, somebody who's part of staff across the many front offices of this league, uh, for whether that's for a club specifically or, uh, you know, the league as a whole or affiliated with a youth club or et cetera, et cetera, right? Trying to figure out what that first actual step is, I think is where we're at right now. Because with all the reactions and the statements that's been coming, there's been some of that like reaction to it as well. Like, oh, well, this is a first step. And there's a part of me that's like, is it? (laughs) Is this actually... A first step. Like, I, I don't. I, I actually just think there's, like, a lot of gathering at the foot of the mountain to determine yeah. what that actual good first step is. Um, So we're, like, it's still, like, ground level right now. Absolutely. Um, And it's going to, like, we're going, I, again, I was remembered, like, looking at this a year ago and, and looking at it now. And I think we're going to have to find like, there's new, there's new league leadership, right? Yeah. We, and I, you know, I trust the stewardship of, of Megan Burke and the PA. Um, you know, we talked last week about scope and it's mm-hmm. like, there are so many issues that it's going, they're going to 
there I have to think there's going to be action to yeah. get the worst offenders out, which is important. But this is now also a process of vigilance and continuing to work back things that I don't think this report even addressed. And yeah. And I think I think money will solve some of it. Um, I do not think it will solve all of it. Uh, and yeah, I I don't know. I think <laughs> I'm starting to like lose my train of thought now because it's just kind of well been a lot, but. because it's a it's been a lot and b there's like no actual like I said like there's no actual like next step in front of anybody here right now. We just like, have to wait. We yeah. just there's still going to be a waiting period. There's still a yeah. joint investigation that I think that I mean, this, that's going to be yeah made public eventually, right? That's still ongoing. I think in the in the nature of having to compartmentalize, which players talked about, it, what right. I anticipate as is um you know there's a U.S. game to be played today, right? Yep. There's another one next week. There are playoffs to play, and then we will eventually get the joint investigation at which point uh well two things at which point if these owners have truly been barred from operations if that is true this time yeah then the process of facilitating sales hopefully does not affect the clubs too much however as we know you can't sit in that limbo forever there's no incentive for a selling owner to invest more money into a club. Chicago can't survive an off season with nothing. Yep. They're already, the margins are already so thin. Mm. Um, certainly for a team that seems to have lost player goodwill. And so it's scary. It's a little bit scary to think about what comes next as well as necessary as it is. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. On that, I think there's a lot of unknown, uncharted territories here. I think, um, I while I believe that the league is in a good place financially, um, I I, agree am with also, that. I am also of the same belief that that's not necessarily true for uh, certain clubs. Yeah, in the league, and I include the Red Stars in that equation. Um, Again, it's just another very sad, ongoing, too little, too late type of circumstances that have very obviously and very appropriately caught up with the primary uh, owner of this club. Um, so I feel for that new wave of investors who came in 2021 I would imagine that they are dealing with things that they could have never have anticipated. Um, I remember being on that call with you with this new flood of investorships. And one of the things that Sarah Spain talked about was that, you know, that she wanted to be told of, you know, of, and, and given insight to, to the club and, and the players needs and all that. And I would imagine that if the current ownership at the time, operated as they have in in the past that they probably omitted a lot of things 
from the that and that new wave of investors. So uh, I I would imagine that moving forward, that it's again it's going to be it's going to be quite the off season. Um, and what that looks like uh, for the Chicago Red Stars moving forward will be TBD. Unfortunately, the waiting it's a uh, it's the hardest part half the time. So that is is what's next. What's next is that we don't know. And I don't think well, what's next is they have to play a playoff game. Well, for the players, that's what's next for the players. For the yeah. franchise, I don't know what's next. They're going. I mean, the the players of the Chicago Red Stars are going to uh, participate in the yeah. 2022 NWSL playoffs. So you know, I remember on the last episode we talked about that a little bit. That some of the storylines and the narratives around the roster and the team were were that they probably were going to be a team that struggled over the 2022 season uh, that maybe this was going to be the year that did not feature a Chicago Red Stars team in the playoffs. And um, the players of this team showed otherwise. They went out there on their final match day of the regular season and handed Angel City a 2-0 loss. And in that clinched the absolute final spot in the NWSL playoffs. They are the number six seed overall. Um, and they will be playing in a quarterfinal game against San Diego wave FC. So they're going to be on the road, San Diego, try to perhaps go on a championship run. Although um, I would hate to be in their positions. I think it's a tough time to be a Chicago Red Star right now. There are a lot of parallels to last year, to be honest. That's, again, where I'm like, what's changed? Um, the team is hurt. They're depleted. They have given a lot of themselves to keep af- above the playoff line. Um, when we talk about players like Danny Colaprico and Vanessa Bernardo, like, not leaving the field, yes, yes. amazing. Um but like, why did they have to also, do that? Why have they had to do that for <laughs> yeah. eight years? Um, yeah. You know, the both wingbacks that played last week were hurt. Both Rachel Hill and Sarah Lubert were hurt. Yeah. Um, Aaron Wright sat Aaron down. Wright at, Aaron Wright sat down at the end of the game with a, it looked like they were looking at that ankle because she played 90 minutes on it and she probably shouldn't have had to in a position that she's never played before. Yep. Uh, and they did it, you know. And I think that is part of this story is just the resiliency of this team. Um, and how this is actually something also that like, you know, it comes into clarity, right? I think I know for me, for the years that I was more or the years where <laughs> it was, it was a little bit less clear, like, why this was always so hard. I think you, you watch the team and you go, they're all, they're always dealing with some, it's always something, right? Yeah. Whether, you know, and it's like the, the semifinal thing, like struggling to get past a semifinal and you see semifinal Mm -hmm. performances and you're like, why did that look like that? Yep. Finally, some context to those things. Right. Uh, Last year, made it to overtime in a championship game. Yeah. Where 
we didn't know if the star striker was going to be playing until like a 24 hours before, before. Vanessa Di Bernardo sits down in like the 11th minute with a hamstring injury yep. that we didn't know about. Yep. Uh, Tatum Malazzo can't go in overtime because she's already played so many minutes as a rookie that her body's not set up for that. Pew gets knocked out of the game halfway through. It's like, when we, we talked about this last week, we talked about this all season where it's like the reason why you want playoffs for these players is because they've earned it. And I think what we have seen over the course of years is that they can't do it by themselves. Yeah. But what they have been able to do by themselves is incredible and should never happen again. Here's hoping it's um, yeah, it was very, um, it was, it was very revealing a little bit. I think in that final regular season post game uh, that we sat, got to sit in on um, with head coach, uh, Chris Petroselli, um, Alyssa Nair and Vanessa DiBernardo. Uh, DiBernardo has been with this franchise since 2014. Um, you had, Alyssa Nair, who's who's been with this with this franchise since 2016, and a head coach who got hired in the middle of preseason of 2022, and um, it was nice to have that contrast. I'll be frank; it really was because it really was—I don't want to say enlightening—but you see these veteran players in a position that I don't think people realize that they're in. I don't know if the players realize that they're in this position, but they too are coaches on this team. Yeah. They're they're co- the, the the coaches, the coaching staff of the Chicago Red Stars in 2022 consists of Alyssa Nair, Vanessa DiBernardo, Danny Colaprico, Aaron Wright. Probably this goes on and on and on. But it was very um it was it was a bit of, you know, if nothing else, confirmation of that. Because, yes, we talk about veteran players that they have this experience of the league, but you're looking at the Red Stars and how they have always sort of operated, right? Um, it's laughable now with the information that you have at hand to, to, to look at it and say that operating on a shoestring budget was some type of compliment. That's an insult. It's sad. Um. And Petroselli, I think we can, I think we both agreed on this before, has done a good job of just sort of um, being a, a central head figure in terms of that coaching staff, um, building questions from the media um, about as uh, honestly as he can with information that he has. Um, but this last one, with, with those three in particular and the season that they just went through, um, it really was. I mean, we got to talk to them about not just that moment in particular, like, hey, like you're going to the playoffs, but the manner in which this team got to this point yeah, this season. And there was a lot of discussion about the fact that this team is very split down the middle in terms of players who have been here for quite some time and players who are just earning minutes for the first time in their professional careers. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alyssa Nair has given actually a lot of really good quotes this year. Um, 
again, you when you listen to her talk, you're like, thank you, coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, coach uh, thanks, Coach Nair. Um, yeah, like we asked, right? We just basically straight up asked. We said, is there an extra element of pride of being the ones tasked with upholding the the playing standards this this season? And they said yes. You know, they said I go back to Vanessa DiBernardo um, at the Soldier Field game, showing that emotion about Alyssa Motts and just saying, like, we've been through a lot together. Uh, and I think that those players, you do, you kind of go down the list, right? Nair, Wright, Colaprico, uh, DiBernardo, um, Gatra as well, who, you know, again, God only knows – I, we know how little we know about what she's gone through this season, right? Like yeah. maybe it was fine, but I don't know. Um, who knows? Who knows? And then, you know, you, you've got someone like Mallory Pugh who has become the, the face of the team essentially. And a lot of pressure placed on her shoulders to deliver results and her ability to actually do that. Um, and they said it, it is, you know, you look to at the players around you and you do want it more as a group because of those relationships that you've developed. And Nair said, you know, for the players that are still there, uh, they really care about each other. Yeah. I'm sure they also really care about the players that are not there too. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. You know, it, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to like, I'm, but but in this moment, in, in this present, moment, in present in this day, moment, right. With the task at hand. Um, and, and then you get the context of maybe how those bonds were forged and you again, it's, it's, again, it's like that, it's that dichotomy of they did an incredible thing and they should never, ever, ever have to do it again. And I think both can be true at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I hope the younger players are okay. You know, I think that this has to be very scary for them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, things that they probably didn't know about going in. Um, maybe if there were some of those step backs this season, hope, hopefully not experiences that they themselves had this year. Um, I, you know, it's going, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. To say the least. I also um, real quick, and I, you know, I said this, I said this on the other podcast that, that I do, but I also just want to say like publicly as much as possible, you know, uh, a public thank you to everybody who participated in that investigation, um, yeah. whether they put their name on it or not. Red Stars players, current Red Stars players, former Red Stars players, staff. Um, mm -hmm. I think hopefully people see a picture of why that is so brave. Um and how you could find yourself in a situation where that's hard to do. And I think the, the honesty that I read in that report, um, I found very moving because I don't think players do know when they're allowed to talk or not. And yeah. that is also not okay. Yep. Problems, highlighting problems, highlighting problems. Right. Um, Hopefully what's next is finding solutions to those things. Um, and I know you and I will be doing our best to uh, co process, cover it, and um, 
hopefully he'll find solutions as well. So um, we'll see. It's been a tough week. Um, there is no Chicago Red Stars game this weekend. That San Diego Wave FC quarterfinal will be taking place uh, on October 16th, so about nine days out. Um, if we will see if there will be some some playoff uh, media availability coming up soon, um, and how that's structured, and 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 hopefully get in touch with with the players and uh, how they feel about heading into uh, the playoffs um, for the seventh consecutive time. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us today on CHGO Red Stars. Um, as always, doing our best. And um, if for whatever reason you're looking for a way to support the work, you could do that with a CHGO membership. So go on ahead and uh, get your subscription as a CHGO member. You get access to um, all kinds of podcasts on every single Chicago professional sports team. Uh, you get access to premium written content, uh, merchandise, free T-shirt when you become a member, and access to a members-only discount, the CHGO Lounge on Discord. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Continue to take care of each other's, And, um, you know, we'll be back, hopefully, with a much better update. Take care. <laughs>